0: TED Talks is a podcast for theater teachers and theater education students. I am Dr. Jimmy Chrisman, theater education professor at Illinois State University. Each week I want to bring you stories and interviews from experienced K-12 theater teachers, current theater education majors, and professors of theater education that will warm your heart, renew your faith in teaching, and provide resources to better your practice in your theater classroom. Hello everyone and welcome to Season 2, Episode 25 of Thed Talks Podcast. I'm excited to have you joining me for this episode. This is a pretty special episode for me as I get to talk to one of my former student teachers. In fact, Sarah Darer was my last student teacher while I was still in the classroom before I moved to Illinois State University. And uh, she was a fabulous teacher when I had her. She was so smart, so creative, and had such a wonderful uh, rapport with my students that it really made that experience just that much richer for her, for my students, and in turn for me. I always say that my favorite student teachers are the ones that I learn from just as much as they learn from me, and that was definitely the case with Sarah Darer. She currently teaches at May River High School in Bluffton, South Carolina, and uh, I just really enjoyed catching up with her. It's been a couple years since we talked, and uh, it's great to hear how wonderful she's doing and what a great program she's creating. So I hope you enjoy my conversation with Sarah Darer. Welcome to TED Talk, Sarah Darer. She is a theater teacher at May River High School in Bluffton, South Carolina. This is her third year, and um, I'm excited to hear all about her adventure so far in teaching because Sarah was um, my very last student teacher that I had before I went to ISU. Um, So Sarah holds a special place in my heart, and uh, I'm just excited to hear about all her adventures. So welcome to the show, Sarah.
1: Thank you. I'm excited to be here.
0: (laughs) So tell us a little bit about you and a little bit about um, kind of your journey to where you are and then a little bit about your program.
1: Okay. Um, So I'm Sarah Darer. Uh, I'm in my third year at May River High School in Bluffton, South Carolina, which is right outside of Hilton Head, if you're more familiar with that area. Um, I started theater when I was in high school. Um, I think it all started because I wanted to be a film actress, because who doesn't? And so um, I decided it would probably be smart for me to take some acting classes, if that's what I wanted to do. But then uh, freshman year of high school, I took theater, and I just fell in love with the stage, because I had an awesome theater teacher in high school, shout out to Kathy Kuber. Um but I pretty much knew right away, probably in my sophomore year of high school, that I wanted to teach theater instead of, um, you know, acting on film or even on the stage. So I did a theater throughout the rest of my high school career. Um, I went to Winthrop University in Rock Hill because that was the only school in the state that offered theater education. <laughs> so. It was the only school that I applied to, and thankfully I got in. (laughs) Um, But I started in the theater education uh, program, but then I think it was maybe sophomore year of Winthrop that um, they announced that they were doing the MAT5 program, where instead of um, majoring in theater ed, you would major in either performance or tech, and then stay fifth year to get your master's in teaching so i decided to go that route so i changed my major to theater performance Um, so i didn't really take any education classes um, other than i think maybe a few theater ed specific classes um, in my undergrad so um, i was performance but i think it was my senior year i did a lot more tech work. Um, I took all the tech classes I could and did stage management, lighting design. Um, so I focused more on tech my last year in undergrad. And then I stayed through the summer, started the MAT5 last year, fifth year thing. Um, I did my first internship in the fall at Trail Middle School, um, in Fort Mill, which is where Titus is now. Yep. Um, and then my spring semester, I was with you at South Point, uh, which obviously I learned a lot. Um, and then when it came time or came closer to graduation, I applied. I didn't apply to that many places, I don't think. Um, a couple of middle schools, maybe two or three high schools, um, I kind of knew I wanted to stay, at least in the southeast, because most of my family and most of my husband's family is in the southeast, so... Um, Not many options, but I applied to May River High School, got an interview, got the job. It was right where my family is, right where my husband's family is. So I knew it was the perfect place. And now I've been there for three years, and it's been um, an awesome kind of beginning school. Um, I mean, I plan to stay there for a few more years at least, but um, they've been really supportive and They couldn't ask for anything better, really. Um, When I started, hold on, they were in their fourth year, so I started um, in their second year of the school opening. So I pretty much started the program from scratch. uh, Their first year that they were open, they did have theater classes, but the chorus director was the one teaching those classes, and he had theater experience. But, you know, it wasn't his area of expertise. So um, they didn't do any productions that year. So when I came, it was, yeah, pretty much starting everything from scratch with our um, production seasons and getting the classes to where they need to be. And that's pretty much where I am now.
0: Uh, how, what, what's your program size? Like, uh, how many students do you have involved? And what, uh, how many productions do you do, typically do a year?
1: Um, we do, in our, like, extracurricular production season, we do two shows a year. We do a fall straight play and then a spring musical, but I also force my Theater One kids to participate in a production, so every semester we also have a Theater One production for um, an audience for the public to come see as well. Um our program is still growing, but we have a decent size. Um, the spring musical, we definitely have a lot more kids. Um, we did Beauty and the Beast last year, and I think we had almost fifty to sixty kids overall involved. Um, the fall straight play, we have a little less participation. You know, people aren't as excited about straight plays as they are musicals, <laughs> but um, that's been growing too. We did. Clue on stage this past fall, and we had a lot more than I was expecting turnout. But unfortunately, there were only 10 roles in Clue, so I told them, I was like, you know, keep trying, keep auditioning because if you keep coming, I can choose shows that have larger casts. So hopefully, they will come back uh, next year and I can choose a larger show for the fall as well. Um, and then, in terms of our classes, we have Uh, theater one through four usually theater two three and four are combined into one class and then we also have technical theater um and those classes have grown a lot um over the last two years as well
0: well that's awesome so um as you what are you before i jump into other things what are you currently working on with your kids
1: Right now, we are working on Little Shop of Horrors, um, which was interesting for me. I wasn't really familiar with it, but um, the chorus director, we collaborate on the spring musical, and he knows their voices better than I do, because um, I am not musically inclined at all. <laughs> so, uh, he always presents, like, a couple of options that he thinks we're capable of doing with the kids that we have, and... Um, Little Shop was on the list, and it was strange and unique and not something that um, has been done in the area recently. So we thought we'd give it a go, and it's been a lot of fun. It's definitely a challenge, unlike anything I've done before, especially <laughs> with the, um, the puppetry um, with Audrey, too, and everything. But, yeah, it's been a lot of fun, and I'm definitely learning a lot.
0: Are you building the puppets or did you, are you renting them?
1: Um, our, we have a, um, an art teacher who helps us with the musicals a lot, and it's been a dream of hers to build the puppets. So oh, she cool. is building all of the puppets, yep, from scratch. So I'm excited to see them.
0: Well, so are you planning to um, rent those out when you're done?
1: Uh, possibly, uh, we hope to, so we can make a little extra money, Absolutely. but yeah, it's not something that's been done. Um, I don't think in our school before, so we would obviously have to work out the logistics, right. um, of everything, but yeah, if they hold up well, hopefully we'll be able to rent those out.
0: Cause I had, I, when we didn't do Avenue Q when I was at South Point, but I had a full collection of puppets that I rented out pretty regularly and I paid yeah. for, uh, the materials and the making of the those puppets like four or five times over, uh, so it's mm-hmm. definitely <laughs> worth uh worth looking into,
1: <laughs> yeah, for sure
0: um, well, I would love to hear because I was with you during your student teaching, and then I was very ecstatic that you uh, landed a, a wonderful job, and I'm mm-hmm. curious to hear how how when you got your keys to your classroom and you Entered and then you had that first year of teaching going on. In addition to basically starting the program, um, mm-hmm. what was that like for you? And, and what were the what were the differences and things that you didn't expect?
1: Um, it was definitely a challenge and definitely overwhelming because not only are you coming into your first year of teaching and having to focus on your classes, but there's also you know the program and the department and the extracurricular shows that people are expecting you to do and put on. And, um, I knew, I mean, this isn't anything new to any theater teacher, but you know, we all want to make a good theater. So I wanted to make sure that, um, the program or the shows got a lot of my attention as well.
0: Um,
1: so yeah, it was kind of overwhelming, but I had, um, an awesome, uh, group of teachers in my department that were totally supportive and helped me through, um, every step of the way that first year and continue to help because now they just enjoy, um, doing it along with me. So that was, um, really, really helpful, um, I think in my first year and then, um, in terms of just teaching in general, I don't think anything is what you actually <laughs> expect. Um, I think, I think Winthrop obviously did the best um, they could to prepare us and you did all you could to help prepare me, but it's just um, unlike anything that um, you go through um, in college and in your internship, because there are so many other pieces to the puzzle that you don't get to Um, play with as much in in your internship, like, um, you know, parent contact and um, working with special ed students or working with ESOL students. Um, So that was definitely something new that I had to uh, figure out pretty quickly, especially being in this area, we have a really high uh, population of ESOL students. So, um, that was definitely a challenge and not something I was expecting, uh, to have to kind of figure out my first year. Um, but in terms of, uh, like the productions and stuff, I think most of it is what I expected. Um, you know, we all know how much hard work it is to put on a show. Um, so that wasn't anything new to me and, I knew based off of all the work I did in college um, what I had to do to put on a good quality production. So um, I think Winter definitely prepared me for making good theater. Um, but I think it was also a little unexpected um, how, trying to find the words, uh, how like passionate the kids became so quickly you know I was Mm. thinking it was going to take a lot longer to kind of grow the program um and to get people interested but thankfully we found I mean we meet new kids every year but we found you know a good group of kids that want to do theater every year and I think that's really helpful um in growing the program because they can bring their friends um to auditions or to help work backstage so that was something that was also really helpful. Um, and yeah, I think I'm kind of rambling
0: now. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it sounds like you had your, your, your students were hungry and were ready for something and you, you were at the right time in the right place. So,
1: yeah, I think so.
0: Um, well, tell me a little bit about, a little bit more about, um, scratch that before we get into that. I would like to know, um, no I wouldn't um I, w- I just wanted to say that I think I think I, I I I do a really good job now of telling my my current students that that any of your clinical experiences or your student teaching internship um your cooperating teachers um do the best they can to give you as much of mm-hmm. that experience as possible but there's even in those exper- like in the classroom in my methods classes there's only so much I can I can show you and tell you, um, right. Because Mm -hmm. you have to be in, in the situation with those teachers in a classroom culture to learn a lot of those things. And, and even in student teaching and clinical experiences, there's still kind of a bubble of, there's only so much I can do until you are in your, your own classroom and you have to make these decisions and, and you have Mm -hmm. to experience the rest of the school culture as a teacher in that culture. And then what, how to create a culture in your own classroom. So, um, I appreciate you sharing that because there's, I, I, I try to tell my students that now, and, and then of course every semester they want more experience. They want to do more. They want to do more. And I'm like, there's only so much you can do guys.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh huh.
0: <laughs> so that's, it's good to hear that. Um, there were some surprises for you and, and some things mm-hmm. that you had to work on because cause you were very strong. You're a very strong teacher this semester that I worked with you. and Oh, thank um, you. And I, I, I knew you were going to do well, um, but I was also looking forward to you being, being challenged and pushed a little bit more than I was able mm-hmm. to do for you. So I'm glad to hear that. Um, yeah. I do want to hear a little bit about your work with your ESOL students, though, because that was something that um, – was definitely not anything I could provide you at South Point, since we did not have really that large of a population at all at, at the school. Mm-hmm. So how, what was that like for you, and kind of talk about your experience with those students.
1: Um, it was definitely something new, um, and I was kind of scared of it at first, but then once we kind of got into the semester and um, we're getting up on our feet and doing a lot more um, hands-on activities, it wasn't as scary as I thought it was going to be because um, I think those kids learn a lot by just getting up and doing versus me standing up there and lecturing and them not understanding uh, what it is I'm saying. So I think it kind of clicked that just the less of me talking and the more of them doing is Mm. what really helps those students um, so we had to go through um, you know some professional development um, especially me as a new teacher on how to kind of help those kids um, and I kind of found I used some of the strategies but I kind of found it didn't really apply so much to me as a theater teacher um, so I just focused on doing what I do best and getting them to actually experience those real life, um, theater experiences. And I think they just learn really well going through that. And then that takes some of the pressure off of me and having to, um, make a ton of accommodations or modifications because they can do the stuff that, you know, everybody else is doing and comprehend it just by, you know, physically doing it.
0: Mm -hmm. Um, and so so share a little bit more about um, collaboration with the music teacher, because uh, I know a lot of a lot of theater teachers do that. Um, that was one of my favorite things uh, to do when I was in the classroom. Um, and it's very different at the collegiate level. I will tell you that right now. Um, yeah, I'm experiencing that right now with with guys and dolls. But so what was what was that like? Um, kind of learning that relationship and, and, and the the gives and takes that went along with that.
1: Um. Our relationship um, has kind of grown to be, I don't want to say it's separate, but he kind of just handles all the music things and the vocal things. And then I handle everything else. And then towards uh, the end of the process, when we're getting uh, closer to opening night, you know, we kind of come together and see the picture as a whole. Mm. I don't even go to vocal rehearsals that often because I know... Uh, I know he knows what he's doing and I trust him to get them to where they need to be. Um, So I think that's kind of nice because we don't have to butt heads a lot because he's kind of doing his own thing and I'm kind of doing my own thing. Um, But then when we come together at the end to see the whole picture, Um, he can help give notes on you know, some acting and blocking things and why this isn't going to work because of uh, something related to um, vocal groups. And I can say how something's not going to work because the blocking needs to be a certain way. So, I mean, we can butt heads sometimes, but um, I think I've been really lucky in that we both trust each other to do a good job and, you know, to work under the same vision of just making a good show. Um, So... I think our relationship's pretty pretty easy uh, for the most part. And then we just got a dance teacher um, this year. Um, we had a dance teacher, but then she left a little unexpectedly, so they couldn't fill the position um, soon enough. So we just got a dance teacher this year back, um, and she's been helping with the choreography Um so that's been a new relationship that I've had to form as well. Um, I think we work together a little more often than uh, with than I do with the choral director, um, just because she has to kind of know the layout of the stage, what the blocking is. Um, so that relationship, I think, is still developing. And um, so far, we're working well together, which is great. Um, but... Um, it's definitely, you know, another one of those things that, um, internship and college doesn't really prepare you for is how to establish those relationships so that they work well, um, in order to stay within the vision of the show.
0: You've, you've, you've talked a a good bit about the, the things that you, um, that, that college can't really prepare you for um, Mm -hmm. and, and preparing first year teachers for, um, what is the, like the one big thing, uh, that you wish you had learned before you walked in the door the first day?
1: Oh, that's a good question. Um, I think something that, still affects me every year that I teach and something that I wish I could have prepared for a little more or been prepared for a little more is getting kids who are kind of just dumped in your classes because electives are full and there's nowhere else for them to go so they didn't really sign up for theater, uh, they don't want to be there, so I wish I um, you know, how to motivate those students and how to um, show them that theater is valuable right from the beginning um, Mm -hmm. would have been something that's really helpful. Um, I will say, though, we, or I started the Theater One production that I was talking about earlier. um, This is our second year doing it, so we started it last year. Um, I think that's been really helpful, and I wish I would have started that Um, my very first year there because um, I think they see that all the things that we're learning throughout the semester um, are important and can be applied to this production that we're doing and then they grow in confidence and they learn how to speak and even perform in front of people and so I think by the end of the semester they see the value of theater but I wish right from the get-go, I could hook them in better and get them to be engaged and motivated and excited about theater. So maybe some more strategies and tools um, for that would have been awesome um, in college or internship, Um, because I think that's something that everybody struggles with. Absolutely. Um, Yeah, and even if it's not the whole class, I think everybody has, you know, a handful of kids that are stubborn and just don't, you know, want to be engaged and motivated uh, like everybody else.
0: Yeah. Yeah. uh, I was actually just talking with my student teachers in the field uh, about Mm -hmm. that the other day, and uh, they're they're like, "I, I just, in their minds, they just didn't realize that there were kids that didn't want to be there and they just they couldn't yeah they're like I just I don't understand a world where that exists so yeah <laughs> uh, learning learning how to 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 win them over and hook them early on and and if you can do that and then, then you've got them um I, mm-hmm. I I don't remember I'm trying to think back to the the spring that you were there with me I didn't have any f- theater ones did I
1: um I don't think so I think no. I think
0: Sasha had all of them and by the time by the time I got you, they had—I did not have them anymore. Um, yeah. So I had all the kids that did, that did want to be there, and you—you you didn't mm-hmm. get to experience that. So that—that—that—that's—that's that's, that's good to hear. Um,
1: yeah.
0: What? Uh, as you no, I—I I wanted to, to talk about you doing a production with your theater once because I think that's so important. Um, mm-hmm. I, when I my last few years that I had um, intro level classes, uh, I started doing a production with them at the end of the semester. Um, Right. Yeah. And I will agree with you that that was one of the best things I ever did in that class. Um, Mm -hmm. my program in the after school program grew, um, my upper level classes enrollment grew, um, because I, I was able to hook them in a way that I hadn't been doing before. And yeah. they were terrified to do that performance, but when they finished, they felt like they had just conquered Mount Rushmore. And yeah. Or whatever the big mountain is. It's not Rushmore. Rushmore's the faces. Yeah. Thank you, Everest. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a theater teacher. Um so um But they, but they did, they felt like they had just conquered the world and they were excited about it and wanted to do it again. And that's when I was like, oh, well, you know, you can register for other classes or you can come audition for the musical next week, which I would love to see. Yeah. Um, (laughs) And that's really how, honestly, I got a lot of my best students in those last few years of my teaching. Um, Yeah. Because they were excited and they wanted to work and I didn't have them that first month of intro, but by the end, they were right there with me. So I... I appreciate you sharing that because I do think it's important. I think it's a great way for us to wrap wrap up kind of everything we've done with them throughout the course. And Oh, yeah,
1: for sure. Now
0: we're going to put it all together, you all. Here we go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that, that, that's good to hear. Good to hear. Um, yeah,
1: we haven't um, – it hasn't helped so much yet with the, um, the extracurricular shows, but the turnover for – not the turnover, but the amount of kids that continue theater has increased like drastically and my first or maybe it was my second year but the fall semester I had a class of theater two through four that had seven kids in it Mm -hmm. that was it and now that we've started the theater one production like my theater two through four classes are full like I have to turn people away now so yeah I think it definitely helps with growing your program.
0: And it's job security, so.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, I want to hear uh, some of your favorite stories so far. Um, some of your funny stories, a horror story, a most meaningful, impactful moment for you.
1: Um, I guess I'll start with a, uh, a not-so-good story. Um, recently, it was last semester, my tech theater class, I struggle with tech theater a lot because most of them um, like we were talking about earlier are kind of dumped in there and don't want to be there. And I think they expect it to be an easy A and um, it's not necessarily. I give them a lot of work, a lot of projects, and I think they don't expect that. So sometimes they kind of shut down and give me a hard time and don't want to do the work. But this last semester was, particularly difficult uh tech theater class um they just wouldn't stop talking when i was talking they wouldn't do their work they would break things like it was just awful and it brought me to tears almost you know um at least once a month because i was just so frustrated and i finally got to the point where i had to just sit down in front of them and you know Tell them how it was making me feel and explain to them that, you know, I get that you don't want to be here or this isn't your favorite class and I'm not your favorite teacher. But, you know, in case you haven't realized, theater is my life. Like it's what I've chosen to do. So, you know, I just need you to respect that. And I almost started crying when I was up there saying that to them. And I think it kind of shook them a little bit. Um, and it helped kind of getting um, getting down on their level and just being honest with um, how it was making me feel that they were acting this way. And I'm not saying it fixed the problem because it didn't, but it did kind of calm things down for a couple of weeks um, and made things a little more bearable. So I think if yeah, someone is struggling that bad with a class, you kind of just have to be open and honest and raw in front of them and they'll see that you have feelings too and what they're doing affects you um and so that was definitely one of the biggest struggles I had because I never had to you know be that that honest with Mm -hmm. a group of students before um so I learned a lot from that experience and hopefully I think it was just you know, sometimes you just get a bad grouping of kids and, you know, hopefully that doesn't happen as often again in the future. Um, but that was kind of one of, one of the lower parts of my teaching career so far. But, um, in terms of favorite memories, um, the one that jumps out, uh, last semester we did Clue on stage and it was, A lot of fun but it was also really stressful because the tech components were insane and trying to figure out how everything was gonna work and fit together was frustrating um and i think the kids kind of saw that and on the last show um, of our run they called me up on stage which is not a surprise to me at this point. It usually always (laughs) happens now with every show that we do. Um, But usually, you know, they just hand me some flowers. They say a brief thank you and then that's it. But this particular time, they handed me a card and um, if anybody's familiar with Clue, you know, you're trying to figure out who did it and where and with what. And they handed me a card and they read it out to the audience and it said, it was Mrs. Darer in the auditorium, inspiring passion and love within us all. And I just like almost broke down. In tears <laughs> and I'm tearing up just thinking about it. And it just, it made me feel good that they took that extra step to say something like that. It just made me feel like, you know, I was actually making a difference and doing something right. Um, and there have been smaller moments, um, that made me feel that way also, but that was just one that really stuck out to me and got to me <laughs> for some reason. So, um, I will, I think I still have that card in my filing cabinet and I will probably keep it for the rest of my life. <laughs> yeah. You,
0: you'll still have that when you retire and clean out your desk. So. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. I love hearing that. That mm-hmm. is so sweet. That is so, so sweet. Yeah. I, uh, I love keeping up with you on social media. Um, Mm -hmm. I love seeing all your adventures um, at your farmer's market or home projects or your travels Mm -hmm. with your husband uh, and your cat. Um, And uh, (laughs) I one of the things that I really enjoy, um, in addition to all those wonderful things about your life, is your um, zero waste living posts that you do. Uh, mm-hmm. Share with us a little bit about that and kind of where you, how you got to that because I know um, going green is a big thing um, right now, yeah. And, and green theater spaces is is, is becoming way more um, the norm. So kind of share about that.
1: Yeah, um, I think I've always, uh, you know, ever since I find I found out that climate change was actually a problem, you know, back when I was in middle school or high school, um, I think I've always kind of uh, wanted to be a better steward of the environment. But at the time, I didn't really know how. Um, And then in the last two years or so, I stumbled across uh, the zero waste movement, which is essentially you're limiting the amount of trash that you are bringing into your household. So you're trying to Avoid plastic, you compost so that you don't uh, throw away wasted food, uh, you use more sustainable products that are packaged in glass or aluminum because those are easily or more easily recycled than plastic is. So um, I kind of, they usually say don't do this, take it one step at a time, but I kind of just jumped all in. Um, I wanted to try it and it kind of became fun, like trying to find alternatives to things that I was using and things that were not good for the environment. Um, and it's definitely hit or miss. You know, some products or some DIYs uh, fail and <laughs> you feel like you're being more wasteful. Um, but it's definitely like it's a journey and it definitely has been a journey. And there are good days and bad days. There are days where. I am so tired and I don't care about my impact on the (laughs) environment and I'll be wasteful. But I think valuing the good days and knowing that, you know, you're doing more than some people kind of helps with the bad days. You know, you're still making a difference even if you're only switching one thing. Um, And I think in, education, um, teaching is definitely an area I struggle with, uh, being zero waste or lower waste. Um, just because, you know, if your school doesn't recycle, then there's not much you can do about it other than collecting all the recycling yourself and bringing it home. And, you know, we don't necessarily have the time or the energy to do something like that, but, um, at school, we do recycle paper and cardboard. So every single scrap of paper and cardboard I get, I make sure it goes in the recycling. Um, with especially being a theater educator, educator, I think it's particularly hard to be mindful of the environment because we have to buy so much like random and specific stuff for our shows and there's no way to control like what type of packaging that stuff comes in, you know, you need it. So you got to buy it. Um, but I do when I can, I go to the thrift store to buy costumes because buying secondhand is better than buying new. Um, I, or we have good connections with, um, we have like a professional theater, um, on the island called the Art Center and we have good connections there so we borrow as much as we can so that we don't have to buy anything new so um, I'm still learning how to be a better steward of the environment um, in my career but those are some small ways uh, that seem insignificant but I think in the long run make a big difference over time
0: yeah I am my I try as best I can to, to go as paperless as possible with my students, yeah, in my classes mm-hmm. now. But I mean, it's there are things that we just have to have on paper sometimes. And
1: yeah. Um, mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. My students are quick to remind me this isn't very green. I'm like, uh, it's okay. We have to do this right now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. And you know, it has to be that way sometimes. And you know, I get it. I'm sure other environmentalists get it. Like sometimes there's just no way around it. You, got to do what you got to do especially if it's what's best
0: for the students you were always very level-headed um you were always very calm I never I never saw when when or if things got to you or stressed you out um during your student teaching time and I think that's just I think that's just a lot of who you are um but I think I think you have a very wonderful professional side as well um, where you, where you kind of keep those things to yourself when they happen. So how, Mm -hmm. as you have moved into your professional career, how have you, um, how do you take care of yourself? How do you uh, make sure your, your, your wellness is in check emotionally and physically?
1: Um, I think that's something I struggled with a lot at the beginning of my teaching career. Is, again, I was starting a program from scratch, so I felt like every second of my life was consumed by you know working and doing the shows. Um, but it's actually just been kind of recently that I've tried to find more hobbies uh, to do outside of school. Um, I in the last few weeks I've started running because. You know, we got to stay healthy, and I needed to exercise, so um, I've come to really enjoy that. Um, the environmental stuff is almost kind of like a hobby because um, a lot of research and um, trying out products or trying out new ways of um, doing things, and then um, I've recently started trying, like, calligraphy and brush uh, hand lettering, uh, so that's been fun. So, those are just a few of the examples um, of hobbies that I've only just recently kind of started doing because I knew that I needed to kind of take some time for myself and be interested in things outside of theater and outside of my husband, too. You know, we do everything together. We don't have a ton of friends in this area. So, we're always together and we're always doing stuff together, so um, I kind of wanted something uh, separate from us that I could kind of do and enjoy on my own as well. But um, I definitely, yeah, suggest finding hobbies that you enjoy doing that are not related to theater.
0: Yeah, it's important to have that la- that life outside of that the building. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I would love to hear what is a resource that you currently use or have used that is a must-have for theater teachers if they don't know about it?
1: Um, so I feel like I don't have any resources that haven't been talked about on your show already. <laughs> um, the resource that Sasha talks about on episode one, the Facebook group theater teacher lesson lending, that has been a game changer. So I'll just reiterate that if you have not joined um, that Facebook group, but something that I found that I haven't had a chance to use yet, but looks really cool. Um, Sound is not one of my areas of expertise. It's probably the thing I know the least about or feel the least comfortable doing, but um, BBC released like 16,000 different sound effects that, are all free for download. So I think that looks like an awesome resource if you're like me and struggle with um, sound and finding sound effects that you can use um, either for educational purposes or your shows. And then um, I'll plug a, a technology thing in there. Something that I enjoy using is um, this app called Clickers. Um, it's... Um, more useful i think for like formative assessment so if you're just trying to check understanding at the end of your lesson um but it's an app and every kid gets a qr code that's printed on paper and the way they hold their qr code is um like what letter of the multiple choice answers that they want to answer with so if they hold it One way, then that would be A. If they hold it another way, it would be B, so on and so forth. And then you have um, the camera through the Clickers app, and you just hold up the camera, and it captures all of the QR codes, even from across the room. So you don't even have to go stand next to the kids to capture their QR code, and then it logs it. And I just think it's really cool. The kids love using it, too, because... I don't think a lot of people know it's out there, so they've never seen it before. But it's a lot of fun uh, for formative assessment.
0: Well, those are good. I'll, um, we haven't heard those, at least those two on here. So thank you. And great reminder about the theater teacher lesson lending. So that's a, that is a mm-hmm. great site. I love, I love seeing things on there, too. So my final question for you is, what are your parting words of wisdom for new teachers entering the field or those veteran teachers who just need an encouraging word right now?
1: Um, Something that has helped me a lot over these last three years, um, it obviously is going to take a little while. It's not something that's going to happen right away, but I highly suggest getting a group of like four or five kids that you just trust a lot and know really well because they will save you when you are stressed or overwhelmed because they're passionate and they want to help you and they want to help make a production the best it can be. So um, it's helped me a lot to be able to have those kids that I can be like, Hey, do this for me. Fold these programs, uh, proofread all of these bios for the programs. Um, so I think if you can kind of develop a group of students that you can really rely on in case of emergency, that will help a lot Um, and then you know they will hopefully be back every year so you can always count on them
0: that's good advice that's good advice well sarah thank you so much for for reaching out to me and and joining me on the podcast today so
1: yeah thank you for having me yeah Mm
0: -hmm. always a pleasure to talk to you and i am (laughs) again i keep up with you on social media so I, i love I love seeing all the great things you're doing with your kids and then all the
1: thank you
0: really cool things you're doing in life. So I wish you all the best. Please stay in touch.
1: Thank you. I will.
0: All right. Take care that was sarah darrow my former student teacher who is now a third year teacher at may river high school sarah thank you so much for staying in touch and reaching out to be on the show i loved catching up with you and like i said in the interview i just absolutely love seeing all the amazing things you're doing with your students they are very lucky to have you miss darrow thank you for listening thank you for checking out this episode please stay tuned we have more episodes coming this year um several great ones already in the, in the pipeline ready to come out. And uh, if you're interested in being on the show, I would love to talk to you. Uh, you can visit our website, www.fedtalks.com, where you can find all of our past episodes, the archives of all of our teacher pages there with their picture. So you can see what they look like and also their recommended resources all right there in one convenient place where you can listen and check out all the information. You can also find their transcripts of each of the episodes there as well. Please go on your favorite podcast provider, Apple Podcasts on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, AnyPod, and tune in. Go subscribe to the show, rate us, leave us some stars, review us, tell us what you're liking, and most importantly, share the podcast with those theater teachers and theater education students in your life who you think could benefit from what we're doing here. If you want to reach out to me and be a guest on the show, or if you've got show ideas, or you just want to give me some feedback to make the show even better, I would love to hear it, and I welcome it. Email me at fedtalkspodcast at gmail.com. Uh, go on Twitter. Find us on all your favorite social media, including Twitter, at Theater Ed talks on Tumblr, fedtalks.tumblr.com, Facebook, the Fed Talks group, Instagram, at fedtalkspodcast, and of course, our website, one more time, is www.fedtalks.com. Thank you, Joel Hamlin and Joshua Schusterman, for the use of your original music, Magnetize and Flip the Record that you hear on the show. And thank you again for listening. Thank you for all the great things that you do with your students. Thank you for those creative lessons that you put in time to create and compile those resources that you're probably paying out of your own pocket for anyway. And just the time that you invest in each and every single one of those kids that is in your classroom or in your after-school program or both. So thank you for what you're doing. I appreciate you. And uh, I know those kids do too, even if they don't always tell you. Thank you again for listening. Please take care of yourselves. Make sure you're getting rest. Make sure you're eating. Make sure you're taking those vitamins and that you've got some personal time for you where you get to re-energize and recoup. Thanks for listening. Check out next week's episode. Take care of yourselves.